Hello, I'm Pete Bone, and welcome to Wisdom, Leadership, and Success, Real Talk About Life. You can subscribe to this blog and podcast at my websites, realtalkaboutlife.com and petebowen.net. It's also available on iTunes and other podcast services. In our last blog, we talked about the basics of the wisdom paradigm. The better you understand the wisdom paradigm, the happier and more successful you're going to be in life. Let's review some of the anchor points from our last session. In the wisdom paradigm, culture and times may change, but human nature has remained the same throughout history. Life is about pursuing happiness, the fulfillment of our human nature. What brings us happiness in life? The answer? Good relationships. If our destination or purpose in life is happiness, then we use our reason to figure out how to get there. Reason tells us that it's a fact that practicing virtues like honesty, justice, courage, and love will make us good people ready for good relationships and happiness. This combination of purpose and reason, purpose tells us our destination, happiness, and reason tells us how to get there, is the critical foundation for everything in the wisdom paradigm. Finally, your life is your story of how you use your gifts and talents to pursue happiness. In this session, we'll talk more about the anchor points in the wisdom paradigm, especially relationships, truth, and morality. Here's a quick summary. The wisdom paradigm teaches that all people are basically social beings. That's why we find happiness and fulfillment in relationships. The purpose of every community, of every organized group of people, is to become good. Communities pursuing goodness help the people in the community become good. That puts everyone on the path for good relationships and happiness. We're going to use the word team to refer to all the types of communities or groups of people ranging from families and neighborhood groups to businesses and political communities. In the wisdom paradigm, the good of the individual and the good of the team are the same. We call this a covenant relationship. The more you put into the team, the better you get. The more the team invests in you, the better the team gets. Covenant relationships are high trust, high stability, and high performance relationships. In the wisdom paradigm, it's a fact that practicing the virtues like honesty, justice, and love make us good people ready for good relationships and happiness. That means there's an objective morality with moral facts. Morality is not just a matter of personal opinion. The wisdom paradigm also teaches that there's objective truth with a capital T. The pursuit and discovery of the truth about life is a fundamental part of our pursuit of happiness. In the wisdom paradigm, we don't just pursue knowledge, we pursue a special kind of knowledge called wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge of the truth combined with the character to live that truth. When you know and practice the truth over and over in life, you develop wisdom. The process of developing wisdom is called formation. What's the proper motivation in life? It's not money or social status. It's the pursuit of happiness. That means we don't measure success in life by our bank account or social media followers. Success in life is measured by the goodness, honor, and happiness we achieve through the good relationships we have. Now let's dive in. The wisdom paradigm teaches us that human beings are fundamentally social beings. 
Being human means relationship is a fundamental part of our human experience. From the very beginning, we're born into a family relationship. Children who have good, healthy relationships with their parents have the best chance of turning out well in life. Relationship is a critical part of our lives. Think about the importance of relationship in your grammar school and high school experiences. We want to share our good times with our friends. We need the support of those friends when times are difficult. When we share our experiences with our friends, it's deeply fulfilling. When we're bullied, it's devastating. You become who you hang around. Our deepest joys include friendship, marriage, and family. One of our deepest fears is being left alone. Solitary confinement in prison is considered to be cruel punishment, even torture, because it deprives us of something so important, relationship. Our desire to love and be loved is at the very core of our human nature. We can't understand a person unless we also understand their background, their social relationships. What's their family like? What is their ethnicity, culture, and religion? What are their interests, activities, and sports? Who are their friends? We can't understand a person until we answer these questions because we're so deeply impacted, shaped, and formed by the communities in which we grow. The purpose of all communities, of all teams, is to become good and help each of us as individuals to become good. By community, we mean any group of people organized for just about any reason, including teams, families, companies, organizations, churches, neighborhoods, community service groups, schools, whatever. To keep things easy, we'll use the word team to refer to all these different kinds of communities. A good team is just like a good person. A good team has virtues like honesty, justice, courage, wisdom, and love. Goodness brings teams the same benefits it brings any person. When your team is honest, just, wise, and loving, you'll have better, more fulfilling relationships. Good relationships mean that your team will perform much better, whether your team is your family, company, athletic team, nonprofit, church, or whatever. We've all seen teams outperform expectations because they were deeply committed to each other. We've also all seen teams fail because they're torn apart by vices like selfishness, unfairness, or dishonesty. A team becomes good the same way a person becomes good, by practicing the virtues as it pursues its mission. That means a sports team becomes good by practicing honesty, justice, and courage while trying to fulfill its mission of winning games. Your family becomes good by practicing the virtues as you fulfill your mission of raising good children. A company, a nonprofit, the military, and a church all become good while practicing the virtues as they fulfill their missions of providing products and services, defending the nation, or helping people understand God. Good teams have better, higher trust, and higher performance relationships than teams who aren't good. That's why good teams outperform poor teams. Remember that the purpose of all teams is the same. It's to become good, though they pursue that goodness through different missions. In the wisdom paradigm, the good of the team and the good of the individual are the same. This is called a covenant relationship. A team is only as good as the people who make up the team. 
The better the teammates are, the better the team's going to be. To get the best team possible, the team has to invest in its people. The more the team invests in each of its teammates, in their skills, their teamwork, their character and leadership, the more successful the team's going to be. On the flip side, if you want to be a good person, joining a good team is the best way to practice developing your virtues that will make you good. You become what you do. The more effort you put into the team, the more you're going to grow your skills, teamwork, character, and leadership, and the more successful you'll become in all aspects of your life, whether it's your family, work, or community. It's almost always better to practice the virtues as part of a team than it is to practice them on your own, because your teammates are going to push you harder than you'll push yourself. Some virtues, like love and justice, require relationship anyway and can be only developed as part of a team. So the good of the team and the good of the individual are the same. The more the team invests in each member, the better the team gets. The more each individual invests in the team, the better the individual gets. The more you put a covenant team under pressure, the tighter it's going to bond. This isn't a relationship based on power or transaction. This is a relationship grounded in a promise, a covenant, between the team and each teammate. That's why we call it a covenant relationship. The deepest covenant relationships are those grounded in love. If you've been part of a championship team or been in the U.S. military, you've probably experienced this type of relationship. A relationship where everyone is close, trust is high, and the commitment to each other is very deep. No one's in it for the money. Everyone's in it because they care about each other. You're willing to put your life on the line for a teammate. Covenant relationships are the highest trust, highest performance, and most stable relationships possible. In the wisdom paradigm, all relationships, including friends, family, and work, should be practiced as covenant relationships. For example, when you do a business deal, you should make it a covenant relationship with the other party. In a covenant relationship, what's good for you and the client are the same. Use the deal, the relationship, as an opportunity to become good by practicing the virtues. This will create a high-trust, stable relationship with your client. That high-trust covenant relationship itself is valuable because it increases performance and efficiency and reduces risk. Today, people, especially younger people, tend to believe that morality is a matter of opinion, not fact. In contrast, the wisdom paradigm teaches that there's an objective morality with moral facts, like it's a fact that the Holocaust and slavery were wrong. That means there is a right and a wrong that are not dependent on personal opinion or a particular culture, but are facts that are true for all people throughout history. For example, The wisdom paradigm teaches that it's not just a matter of opinion, but a fact that honesty, justice, courage, and love are right and true. How can we know these are moral facts and not just opinions? Let's go back to that foundation of purpose and reason. We know from our earlier discussions that our purpose, our destination in life, is happiness. And happiness comes from having good relationships. It's a fact that if we practice honesty, justice, wisdom, and love, that will become good people who can have good relationships and achieve happiness. It's also a fact that being dishonest, unjust, and cruel will make us bad people and will have very poor low-trust relationships that prevent us from reaching happiness. 
In the wisdom paradigm, it's a fact that honesty, justice, courage, and wisdom are good because they help you move to happiness. And it's a fact that dishonesty, injustice, and selfishness are bad because they lead you away from happiness. The wisdom paradigm teaches that there's an objective truth, though we might disagree on how we understand that truth. Knowing the truth about life is an important part of our search for happiness. We seek to know the truth about who we are, what reality is, where we fit in our community, and where we fit in the cosmos. The search for meaning in our lives is a search for the truth. The wisdom paradigm is focused on pursuing a special kind of knowledge, knowledge about life, and we call that wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge plus character. Wisdom is the knowledge of the truth combined with the character to live that truth every day in our lives. The more we practice knowing the truth and practice living the truth, the more wisdom we gain in life. Wisdom is the knowledge we need to become good people and achieve happiness in life. The highest degree in college, the PhD, is the doctor of philosophy. The word doctor comes from the Latin docere, which means to teach. The word philo comes from Greek and means love. Sophia also comes from Greek and means wisdom. So a PhD, a doctor of philosophy, is one who teaches the love of wisdom. A PhD is supposed to teach us the wisdom we need to achieve happiness in life. Today, PhDs are very smart about a very narrow section of knowledge. One dissertation I read in graduate school was entitled, quote, Slavery in Tidewater Plantations of Colonial Virginia from 1620 to 1640, end quote. That's a history PhD studying a very narrow part of history. In earlier times, PhDs studied the quadrivium and the trivium, the seven liberal arts of the time because they wanted to develop a broad understanding of the whole of life. Later, we'll talk about how that change in understanding PhDs came about. How do we develop wisdom in life? We go through a process called formation. In formation, what you learn academically is very important. We have to learn how to think correctly and critically. But just as important, formation also focuses on character development. We not only have to learn what is true, we also have to learn how to use that knowledge to do what's right. It's just as important for kids to be part of athletic and performing arts groups where they develop character and learn how to perform as part of a team under pressure as it is for kids to focus in the classroom. Instead of the contemporary focus on education for academic knowledge, the wisdom paradigm focuses on formation for wisdom and happiness. In the wisdom paradigm, what's our motivation in life? Well, the answer is happiness. You want to be happy in life, right? Remember that in the wisdom understanding of the world, everything in our lives is either helping us become good or not. We're either practicing the virtues as we live our daily lives and progressing towards happiness, or we're not. So the primary motivation in life is the desire for fulfillment, the pursuit of happiness. That's true of our personal lives and our work lives. Everything we do should help us move towards happiness. If your primary motivation in life is something other than happiness, you're going to have a difficult time. Other motivations, other desires, whether it's money, power, sex, drugs, whatever, can never be fully satisfied. They'll never fulfill you. You'll always want more of it, and more of it will never be enough. 
As you pursue more of that desire in your search for fulfillment, you risk addiction. You're not going to achieve goodness or happiness. How do we measure our success in life? Honor. How good are you? What virtues do you possess? Are you honest, just, wise, courageous, and loving? Do you have integrity? How much of each of these do you have? Are you worthy of honor? Honors the respect you are owed for the character that you possess. We honor good people because they're good. Honor's a word that's lost its meaning in our society, but in the wisdom paradigm, it goes to the very core of what is meaningful in life. Success in life means you're worthy of honor, that you're a good person with good relationships who's achieved happiness. So let's recap. The wisdom paradigm teaches us that all people are basically social beings. That's why we find happiness and fulfillment in relationships. The purpose of every organized group of people, of every team, is to become good. When a team seeks goodness, it helps the people on the team become good. In the wisdom paradigm, the good of the individual and the good of the team are the same. We call this a covenant relationship. The more you put into the team, the better you get. The more the team invests in you, the better the team gets. Covenant relationships are high trust, high stability, and high performance relationships. In the wisdom paradigm, it's a fact that practicing virtues like honesty, justice, and love make us good people ready for good relationships and happiness. That means there's an objective morality with moral facts. The wisdom paradigm also teaches that there's an objective truth about reality in life. Life isn't just about pursuing knowledge, it's about pursuing wisdom. Wisdom is the knowledge of the truth combined with the character to live that truth. Wisdom is the knowledge about life that we need to help us achieve success and happiness in life. Formation is the way we develop wisdom. Formation means knowing the truth about life and developing good character by practicing that truth. What's our motivation in life? It shouldn't be money or status. We should be motivated by our natural desire for happiness in life. That means we don't measure success in life by our bank account or social media followers. We measure success in life by the goodness, honor, and happiness we achieve through the good relationships we have. That wraps it up for this session, and stay tuned for the next. I'm Pete Bowen. Thanks for listening to Wisdom, Leadership, and Success, Real Talk About Life with me, Pete Bowen. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Please visit our websites, realtalkaboutlife.com or petebowen.net, where you can get additional information and subscribe to this podcast. I'd really love to hear your thoughts and comments on this. Finally, please share us on social media with your friends. Have a great week.